You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Our whole thing was to play blues in small clubs to get away from the whole big machine of being must be nice we're very grateful to be but in this huge fucking band man you know what i mean in the rock world we can we're in this big band and so it's nice to come for us and just have by the way total freedom and no pressure to jam on the stage yeah and write these songs that are just they don't have to be for the radio they don't have to be hit songs they can be written for people who like mushroom tea uh uh, it can be, I have a new song, by the way. It's called Skinny and the Mushroom Fairy. Wait do you hear it, Shane. It's fucking dope. <laughs> so, I guess I'm just going to fucking tell you because it's April Fool's Day and we don't normally broadcast on Thursdays. So here's your special announcement. Shannon Larkin, because he sold tens of millions of records, could do whatever the fuck he wants. And if you've not learned already from this show, that Shannon does whatever he wants and lives the world that he wants to live in. His own reality. His own yeah. reality yep. at all times. That he can even take over the show by sending me a text message to the extent of, do you do a show on April Fool's? <laughs> and then made me look at my, like, my calendar and then actually think to myself, to do April do we, is it on a Sunday or is it on a Wednesday? It's on a Thursday! No! No, we don't this year! So, but this year is different. This year it's different because Shannon Larkin wanted it to be because we sing the blues for him. You want to talk about it, Siobhan? Well, so we joined Shannon Larkin's reality and decided that Thursday is the day we're going to have an episode. (laughs) And he decided to bring along with him Shane from the Apocalypse Blues Revival. We got to know a lot about how they met, like so many great stories from touring. Shane's the real fucking deal, dude. Can we just just say that? He's He's like such a happy dude, you know? He's like the ultimate, like, He's, he said he's a surfer, but that he's also like, uh, he's a drum tech for Godsmack, but he's also like, uh, th- that you know, and he fixes things, like they just drop little things, <laughs> and then he just smiles at you, and you feel better. You're like, guy, okay. He's and like then the, it's like, I like have nothing most, to like, talk about. Yeah, he's like the feather in the wind. He's just like floating through life, living it up, doing his. Would you say he looks kind of like Jason Moma? Like he's he always he's got the long hair and the goatee like yeah, vibe, no, he, very he looks chill. very regal yeah. like like yeah. like, a, like a Robert but, uh, Plant yeah this so this is just a kind of spur of the moment episode we didn't we didn't really plan much they just hopped on we shot the shit they're here to promote a uh, a new video for the Apocalypse Blues revival we talk all about it in the episode so let's just jump right into it here's Shannon and Shane from the Apocalypse Blues revival. Fuck it. I'm like this. So just whoever is whoever is on point is talking is who I see. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shano. What's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to jump into this fucking ridiculousness and just see what kind of insanity just comes comes out with the apocalypse? Well, I know that I I talked to Tony Rombola today about you, Benny Goodman. Uh oh. He told me it was all lies. Uh oh. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I'll say right here on 2020, man, you want to want to play on our next record. We'd love I'm... to have, play the keys. Nice. He's going to cry. 
Yeah, <laughs> I heard a little bit about this. I heard some whispers. Well, hold on. I actually, it's funny you guys you say that because I want to let you know, and Shane, you should take notes. I write all of my vocal melodies. Well, a lot of so check this. So check this out. Hold on. Where's where I've been working? Oh gosh. <laughs> Jesus, Benny. Benny, we can't hear it. <laughs> we can't hear it, Benny. You can't hear it? it, it yeah, no, it's like going, muted, it's like yeah, muting muted a little. Oh, playing. I'm probably causing it to limit. I was actually playing Voodoo by Godsmack. I figured <laughs> it out in the melodica. But clearly it's not funny when you can't hear me. That's just weird, dude. It's like triggered <laughs> drums. That was like triggered drums. You don't like or... me blowing into the keyboard? That's how I make it sound so good. All right, so we're, we're in. We're in now, so let's just, let's just do it. Corey, start <laughs> it. Oh, you want me to start it? Yeah, okay, man. April Fool's. Start that shit, Corey. Yeah, like, this, is this happening? This wasn't it's happening. happening. Yeah, it's a Shane, fucking buckle in. It's happening. <laughs> this is <laughs> now. This is, this, is by, this is by no means a professional podcast. We're just None. flying by the skin of our pants or whatever the, oh. the saying is. <laughs> the stain is upset. Welcome. Welcome to 2020. My name is Corey Pays. I'm here as always with my cohorts in crime and something just beeped. I don't know. Uh, but Benny Goodman and Siobhan Cronin. What's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. I'm excited to be here today. Our yes. episodes are getting really fun. Yes, Fucking yes. We're, we're, there's no rules anymore. It's just, you know, immediately off the rails. But uh, super special program. This is the April Fool's edition. We don't usually do shows on Thursdays, but... What the hell? Let's just go for it. We are uh, blessed to be joined by one of our favorite guests of all time, Shannon Larkin. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Good to be back. Yeah, well, and happy to introduce for the first time, Shane Hall. How you doing, man? Doing great. Nice to see you guys. Good to These see guys you. are, uh, you know, in a little band called the Apocalypse Blues Revival. Little band. And... Uh, <laughs> We're super pumped. They had something special that they wanted to tell everyone. So we'll we'll kind of hand it off to you guys real quick, and then we'll jump into some sort of chaos. That uh, yeah, what's happening? Because I got a message from Shannon that basically said, "Look, guys, do you? <laughs> this is the text message. This is how it started. Do you do shows on April first? First off, I'm a guitarist. I don't even know what fucking day it is now. Nevertheless, when April first is or when my show airs, because we don't do it fucking live. So I go and look at my calendar, call my mom, have her decipher it for me, and I'm like, no, we don't do shows on a Thursday. But for you, Shannon, you can Anything. tell the world, fuck you, through our show that doesn't happen on this day because you just invented it. So thank you. Hey, that's why I love this show, man. I tell you what, <laughs> 2020 was a was a weird year that you know we we wanted to get our record out in 2020 and it caused a lot of problems for us as far as like we ended up self-releasing it because the label couldn't do it at that time and all this and uh but in the end i think that uh the year will be remembered obviously forever and we can say we put our first revival record out in 2020 and so the apocalypse. You know, it was the apocalypse, and you put it out during the, the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, is that not like a sign from God? If there I is agreed. a God, agreed. I tried to. I tried to to explain that to the label why it had to come out in 2020 because it's apocalypse, man. But uh, but as as the business was, you know, so we ended up putting it out ourselves. So what we're doing, and even though it's April Fool's Day, it's not. There's no big April Fool's joke or anything going on. We're actually going to show you our new video 
where no one will miss me when I'm gone. And it's a cool song about uh, that Shane and I wrote the lyrics to about, you know, passing into the next other side, the next side, uh, but coming back. So it's not like the final thing of going and dying and being. So wait, is this like if you were like to go underwater, be frozen for five minutes and then like I pump all the water out of you, we do some mouth to mouth and then we defibrillate you and then you come back. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. Being cryogenically frozen and then revived. Tell us about it. What the fuck is going on? What does this mean? Tell me more. What he was just saying. There's a it's a transcendent song about stepping through and uh yeah like the insecurities of your soul being opened up to another reality when you actually strip away fear and stand in that moment who knows what you're gonna see how big were your eyeballs when you were writing these lyrics like how did you look like (laughs) Uh, i feed off of shannon (laughs) we wrote we wrote these together man like is one of the, another one of the songs that Shane and I worked a lot when we were on Scott's Mac tour in Europe, you know, and we were, uh, it was really cold and, and, you know, we, it was a weird tour of like, you know, small rooms and, you know, and, and travel, the travel was, weird. everything was really strange for me. You know, I was having problems at home with my sister having cancer. My mom was sick with COPD, right? So this was one of those songs that, I, you know, if people sometimes are on the fence of whether we're blues or not, this is a true blues song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it came from uh, from being very sad hmm. for me. And then Shane enlightened me on this. We started talking about dying. And so this song is very funereal. And I always imagine, like, you know, when you go to funerals, funerals are a drag. And, like, so when you end up there, you know, you try and be you know, as, as happy as possible to celebrate the life of this person, but everybody's fucking really sad, you know? And then they always have these, like, really candid-seeming photos, you know, of, of the person that died, you know, like up on a board or, you know, they, and there's photos. And so, you know, on the new video we did for the song, I wanted to make it kind of like that. Um, with, and so I picked a bunch of, like, old pictures of, of Shane, I found a couple of Shane and Chewy as his dog and uh, and a couple of him and I in Europe, you know, we would go out and just walk around in Europe and take selfies in front of like, you know, fantastic architectural uh, masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, and um, but uh, so this video has a lot of cool like I, I used an old shot of Rambola when we first were doing the band and and I, you know, we had Godsmack off for a while. So I, I talked Tony into letting his hair grow and you know, he grows an afro. The dude can grow. <laughs> it's, it's, sick. Yeah. It's, it's sick. It's so rad. Look, like I always like, you know, dude, that should be your look or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I had a couple. I put those in a video, and it was funny because Tony, you know, he he didn't even see the video till a couple of days ago, and I showed I showed him it, and as soon as he saw it himself, he's like, "Oh my god, dude!" Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so good. So it's a cool video. I think, you know, people that know us will, will like it a lot because this one, you know, we're just doing lyric videos because there's no real platform to spend $30,000, make a video or whatever to us sure. anyway. Yeah. And this genre, you know, and so we were like, you know, we can do lyric videos. And I found this dude through my bro uh, from Snot, Mikey Doling, 
Channel Zero dude. And, We've uh, had him on the show. Oh, yeah, we, love we talked Mikey. to him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. A stud. <laughs> he's the king, man. That's what he is, and he's like a songwriting <laughs> machine. I love that guy. But um, so he turned me on to this guy, David Provan. He's made all of our lyric videos. We did. Uh, I think this is the fifth one. I went crazy. They're because out I there, man. Like, they're 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 very uh, mind bending. I was telling, <laughs> I was telling Shane, I dude. I was getting flashbacks when I was watching <laughs> your shit the other night. I was like, dude, because like, I like looked at the screen, but then I looked away and it was like still moving. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> no, even just listening, like sonically, is so like interesting and like vibey. Yeah, it's it's hard to categorize it for sure. But yeah, so many elements. Very cool. You've listened in headphones. Yeah, well, I was listening on monitors actually, so I guess not headphones, but my studio. Are you in monitors. the sweet spot? Probably <laughs> oh. not, because you know I'm bad with setups. But <laughs> from where I was sitting, it still sounded good. So we should we should give a quick plug. So the uh, theapocalypseblues dot com. Uh, you guys can check out you know the, the previous music as well as I'm sure as of today. April 1st, which is totally April 1st right now, uh, you can check out the new the new track, No One Will Miss Me, which uh, we're super excited to And we're going to have a link to the video, so yeah. you can basically just ignore the rest of the show if you find us a bunch of shenanigans <laughs> and just say, fuck it, let's listen to the music. These guys fucking suck. April turn Fools, up, fuck you guys. And turn up the bass. There's an 808 on there that makes your car go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm giving away my car, by the way, so I test No One Will Miss Me when I'm gone in there for the 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 base. Why don't so you, uh, was, you're giving away your car. I'm going to give away my car. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's jump into that. I'm a little impressed that a, si a singer has a car. Wait, you have a car like that. We'll and talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. I, we'll get into I, it later. We'll get into it later. Go on about no one will miss. And Shannon's on the, hold on, man. Hold on, man. Show him a picture of the Riviera, dude. I know you got one. Show him. Uh, it's a podcast. Okay, we'll just we'll, we'll go we into keep fucking, talking. We'll fucking go back and forth between topics. They, the Shabon, we can do whatever the fuck you guys fucking, want. I gotta grab my phone. So talk about. But anyway, right, so I'll just so, no, there's an 808 on miss. No one okay. will miss me. Everybody needs to know that. So crank the song. It <laughs> fucking <laughs> feels good. That's all where, I'm saying. Where the drive beats headphones and make sure you got the 40 hertz blasted. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Your EQ. It's a doo doo. No, let me go grab my phone. And dude, so check it out, Benny. In the studio, you know, when we were laying down the 808, uh, so I, I got the 808 sample and, and, you know, the dude had a drum machine in, in the studio and showed me a bunch of 808 samples, right? And so, and none of them were like as long as I wanted it to really hang, you know what yeah. I mean? And so we stretched it, you know, you can stretch that shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Corey knows. And, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to build a lot of this stuff right now. I'm taking a class and we had to build an 808. So I, I totally appreciate you like I hear a lot of it. Did it start with a 707? <laughs> well, I think it's no, cool building it with, yeah. It's another it's another wonder and all feeling for me because like putting an 808 in a traditional blues song is another I was just gonna say, you know, so when you guys yeah, are writing when you guys are writing, do you are are you you know, obviously not constraining yourselves to the, the standard blues setup. Do you guys just kind of go with whatever you're feeling? Like, do you have any limitations or, or kind of like rules that you put in place when you're writing? <laughs> no. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, look at that guy. You think there's any rules? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of giving you the layup there. I figured you'd go off on that. <laughs> I like that. So like, don't knock on my door like the police. That's all I ask. No, it's I great. Do. It's unpredictable. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> No, um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'll do things in production, producing it or whatever, like purposely against, I think, the grain of traditional blues people would do. And it's not because I don't love traditional blues. It's just that I think that, you know, you have to use your influences with everything. And, you know, with, I don't know, the Stones and all the, the Who and um, all the greatest early 70s, 60s and 70s bands were all influenced by the blues and all obviously, you know, molded their whole thing, but they made rock and roll out of it. So that's all coming going so many times as well as the whole punk rock thing. And, you know, we're in our, I'm in my 50s. And so I went through a lot of the different genres and to come back now and try and be traditional blues to me would be like flogging a dead horse, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if I can try and defibrillate it put different things in there man <laughs> <laughs> well i i, I heard a lot of different things because here's well here's what shame. i like about it is that shame. i can hear wait can ben hear ben he's trying to oh, okay sorry. shane i want to talk to shane for a second shane what you should i put a, a new stereo in my six four dude and you hear it in there i tell you what man i got the baddest ass stereo now ever in my car I believe you. It's fucking crazy. You're six four Impala, and it's a six four Impala. Yeah, but you know, and it's old, and it's not like it's cherry inside or anything. It's a driver. What are you talking about? Stop downplaying your car. Well, I just want you to know. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller, but you got the six four Impala. This is a six four Riviera. Can you see it? Oh, oh yeah, there it is. Wow. Oh my god. There's a pretty girl with it right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine you should have a pretty girl if you're driving that. Well, hold on a second. Here's another one. Yeah. It, it's got the. Whoa. I, it <laughs> lays out. Away? It's on airbags. <laughs> I'm giving it away. Here you go. He's Wait. Giving... So, okay. So why? What is, what's the what's the story <laughs> this behind is an this? April Fool's joke on us. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. isn't an April Fool's joke. We're going to sign really? a number 300 records. We're going to sign and number them one through 300. And then you'll, I had a shirt. we got a shirt made that has that car on it. And uh, I've been going through making sure it's solid car. It's a 1964 Buick Riviera. It has a 65 grill in it. It's one of a kind. It's on airbags. It's, it's bitching. So we decided we wanted to get real fans, want our record, want our signatures on it. We're only doing 300 of them and the vinyl's just about to come out. It's a limited edition splatter vinyl that's sick. So we'll sign them, number them. And then when we sell those 300 records, there's going to be a golden little ticket. There's not going to be a ticket in the record. We'll do a drawing. And whoever has that numbered record that's signed is going to, we'll do it live on the thing. They'll say, hey, that's mine. Oh, and there's Shannon, 6'4 Impala. That's wow. uh, I signed records, so <laughs> cool. Count me. Well, you're in. Well, yeah, you're I'm in. You'll get a shirt and a record. I'm not giving that away. He's not, not giving, giving that one away. away. <laughs> He's not giving that one away. But mine no, will but go change. away. No, I'd buy. Me. No, dude, I'd buy. First off, everyone that's listening should fucking buy a record because I don't want yes. things for free from people, especially when it's music. I value music. I'm from a time when, like, when you gave me something like a CD or something, I'd be like, oh my god, they took the time to to make this and press the thing or give me a tape or whatever. Like now, like people are don't appreciate that sort of things. I buy records. I buy the fucking limited editions. I like the signed stuff. I frame them and 
I download them and listen to them on my phone and then like display them because I appreciate it. And I think it's the best way for people to support a band because when bands do that, records are expensive. People don't even realize how much it costs a band um, to make records. You know listen what I mean? Listen to this. Vinny, yeah. Shannon thought that through to a fucking T. Like, I'm new to this shit. You know, I, I'm new <laughs> and I, I'm fine with that. But when he did this record, when he timed it all out, the whole purpose was to touch on that 70s, like that we wanted it on vinyl. It could only be so long. So there were other songs. There's a, I mean, we have a fucking cache of material. I mean, you're in the band now, I guess. So you should start <laughs> figuring this shit out. But it's still blues, right? Well, Tony, Tony, Dude. Didn't, uh, Tony didn't say he can be in the band. Uh -oh. Hold on, listen. I want, I want, I want Tony Rumbola to know that I love you, and I think you're great, and your <laughs> tone is unparalleled. Stop buttering him off, yeah. No, first off, I want you to know I've He's watched his rig for years. Hold on, no, He's I'm serious. Star. I've watched his rig for years. That guy, I'm so jealous of him because he does everything I would do if I had a, a tech. Because he's got like five, at least back in the day, had like five awesome amps. He's got like a VHT and a diesel and a vintage Marshall. And I'm just like, I hate you for having such awesome stuff. All perfectly sound. Well, well, Sounds like, perfect. Yeah. In the, uh, in the apocalypse, he uses sweet Fender twins and Fender reverbs, man. He's got, you know, the vintage ones, though, you know, that he's. Dude, the tones in his fingers. He could play through a fucking sear silver tone. It'll fucking sound awesome. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. true, true, true. But but there is something to say. Like you know, we had Eric Gales uh, come out and jam with us once. He's like a legendary blues guy. That's oh, if people don't know. You should go YouTube Eric Gales because that dude is like if Jimi Hendrix had like a fucking child on roids who did a bunch <laughs> of fucking cocaine and played crazy. <laughs> That's Eric Gales. That guy yeah. is fucking, he should not, he's like the Yngwie Malmsteen of blues. Interesting. That's true. He has definite speed, but he's also, you know, a very slow hand and can play the blues like nobody's business, you know. He's and, disgusting um, in, in every way. Yeah. And he sings like a motherfucker too. Oh my God, dude. I mean, he played on our first record, you know, and, uh, and you know, we, we flew him in with his wife. We got them the required bottle of Jack Daniels and two bottles of red wine. That's blues. And one song. And, and Eric, and we'd never met him. He, he came in and Tony had met him. I think, uh, uh, briefly, like maybe online even or someone at something, but never in person. And, um, and so Eric Gales comes in, man. And this motherfucker, he, he, he picks his left-handed strat. You know what I mean? He picks that thing up. He's sitting down, you know, Roll the track, and right away he starts it with a melody lead. Boom, 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 in, in the beginning of this song that we had, the tower, it's called. And then, fuck, dude, when he when it got to the lead section, and he he was doing like little wows and shit like that in with the with the vocals. Everything was recorded except he saved Eric so that he could hear the whole thing and play with the singer and all that shit. And uh. When it got to the lead section, he started playing, man, and he's very animated. Um, wait, am I unstable right now? No, you're. I, no. I mean, are you talking no, emotionally or <laughs> as far as your camera? Your camera's fine. We're captivated, shit. We're, yeah, we're sitting here waiting. Eric Gales is making the okay. blues faces. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> you can hear a pin drop in this room. No, and then all of a sudden on my screen, my computer screen, it says, 
your 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 internet is unstable, and I'm thinking I'm unfucking stable. So anyway, <laughs> so, so he goes in, he starts into the lead, man, and then he fucking shreds this one part. Boom! He came down and threw both his hands up in the air like this, and buckets. And so you know the engineer stopped the tape, stopped the tape. He said. And Eric Gales jumped up onto his feet, hands in the air. Did you hear that? Did you fucking hear that? Roll the fucking tape. Roll the fucking tape from where I stopped. And fucking he had to jump up and applaud himself. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen. And then, oh, my God. Then I envy he, that level of confidence. We were like, we were literally, literally all laughing. And he was laughing when he did it. He was like, did you fucking, did you hear that? Oh my God! You know, throw that shit, and and so you know, he started punching him right at the end of this this awesome thing that he did, and he proceeded to just you know even play better. And I, we were, and that was it. That was it for whatever it was. All him flying in and doing this one song. He did one take and stopped it in the middle to say how great it was. And that that's fucking Eric Gales, man. That dude rules. What a story! Oh my God. Our sax player is pretty close. Cool. I, I don't know why we got Eric Gales. I forget what I was saying in the first place that made me bring Eric Gills up. But well, I'm curious to hear how the two of you met, you you and Shane, Shannon. Like, how t- tell cool. us a little bit about the backstory of you guys coming together, and you know, so tell we can fill Shane. the listeners in. There's two sides of that story. There's two sides of that story. I well, remember you start, and then you know. Well, look at me, and then I'll interject when you think I should say something. <laughs> okay, we're going to try that, <laughs> but I can't only see you. I can't see you when um, you're not talking, but I see you right now, so let's hold on just a second. Everything well, is hold good. On, hold on. Hold on, y'all, because I can see all my boys and girls right here on the right. You should have that set up where you can see all of I us. Can, I can see. I can. I see Benny in red. He's got we a tried red. earlier. We said to swipe, but maybe he can't get it on the, ah, the device i'm sure i could you know but it's better are we having fun is everything cool <laughs> yeah all cool i don't yeah, know yeah, i, I see think, her I now. Think shannon's really, unstable it's nice to see her it's nice the, to see benny the computer's been him. saying shannon's unstable so i'm very concerned it's april 4th <laughs> i don't know the... if it's fucking with us or if shannon's <laughs> fucking with us or if it's this fucking acid i just took well there could be a little bit of that what are you smoking right there benny a, a little bit of the dabs <laughs> this is a regular occurrence. I don't occurrence feel so bad about show. my red wine. Cheers! Red wine makes my fucking face get all flush. Scotch. Okay. And she's drinking a truly. Yeah. I think you'd kick me off the show if I was drinking a truly. That no, this, would be I, I, I'm normally. Ridiculous. I'm with you. I'm normally having the red wine, but I've run out, so this is my last resort. Yeah. This is not first choice. Hey, no, but it's, it's fine. Good to stay You're hydrated when you're woman, drinking. So that's fine. <laughs> It's classy. <laughs> Anyways, so if you want my side of the story to start, and then I'll cue like Shannon. It's it's very. Well, it's all. We, all look, we can all learn the cues. Watch Wayne's World taught us. So it goes five, four, three, and no matter what, we'll all do it together. So Shannon will know. So you you do your story, but when you're ready, five, four, three. Oh, I'll try. I'll try that. You got it. <laughs> we'll figure uh, it out. Go ahead. I don't. I don't know. We're just saying we're, we were gonna. We both tell the story. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon's waiting. I was working. I uh, I I came up in Seattle, right, and uh, 
it's funny because I had a chance years ago to try out, like to sing in a project band that would, had like a star drummer um, who his name was Dave Cruzen and was just out of Pearl Jam. And two of my friends were in a band with him called Diamond Star Halo. And they were like, you should try out to sing, right? Because I've been singing my whole life. I just never really like, you know, you're kind of waiting to find what your thing was. Well, I was 20. I was, I was a little younger, a little wilder, probably wasn't quite prepared for the gig, a little insecure on it, and I didn't try. So what ended up happening was I started teching for the band because I was going to be a, a front of house. I was going to run sound, do backstory shit until I found my little angle to jump in to this, you know, to show what I thought I could do, whatever that means. So that band, you know, so Dave Cruzan was playing for Diamond Star Halo, who then... I, there was a whole history with that band, the singer I knew, they had drama, boom, the band exploded as many bands do. They were, you know, kind of in that Seattle scene. I was working for a production company called NAF Productions, who Mark Nafisi runs front of house at the time for Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Hell. And I was there pushing fucking cases and trying to get my way up there. But inside of all that, you know, like I'm, I'm a pretty big personality and I wasn't seeing my life going where I wanted to. And me and Naf kind of, eh, well, fuck you, fuck you. Well, we, we were friends later, but one of those things. So didn't really fly that way. I ended up in Backline. Well, then I go in that band with like Dime Star Halo. I watched Dave Cruzman, who is a fucking monster drummer, right? Like I'd never seen and understood the, the, the value of what was brought to a musical thing by what the drummer was. And I fell in love with drums. Like I was like, Jesus Christ. So I became, I was doing front of house and I ended up getting on stage because that's a whole nother story. Cause Kevin Martin from Candlebox was in the crowd and told Bo Bly, the singer of this Diamond Star Halo band that I had too much effects and shit and he was crazy. So he lost his fucking mind and said, you ruined our fucking band. There was fucking people there. And I was like, I'm never doing front of house again. Fuck you. Well, I wait, hold up. on. Does this is this a giant sound guy like <laughs> joke? Because I feel like this is every sound guy's joke. Like you broke up Candlebox, dude. Like we no, were on stage, it wasn't or we broke up Diamond Star, whatever. And the guy from Candlebox showed up and like fuck exactly. you because you want to know what? You took out the mids. I couldn't hear my backing vocals. The you fucking the yeah. mix was bullshit. And then I walked off stage and I punched that dude in the face. Right, no, no, that happened. There was a fight. He tried to fight <laughs> no, me. No, I've seen the this story. I've been in this it was, story. It was called the weathered wall, and I was mixing from a place that was up in the fucking ceiling. So <laughs> it wasn't my fault. But either way, my, my ego was bruised, but I stayed with the band, and, he, and, and I ended up moving in with Dave Cruzen for a while, and I really like got into drums, and the way that he had his setup was like, he plays different, right? So the point is, is that, I got a fixation for a fucking amazing drummers, the best drummers in the world. I've only sat oh, with no, 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 no. geniuses like the drummer that's now in my band. The fuck, like I, and there's a there's a history to that of what I learned by you know I've got to sit behind Shannon Larkin for 17 years. I've seen him play, and I, we we've gone through some amazing live situations. And there's not a there's not another dude that touches what that guy does. Uh, um, emotes his life behind a drum kit so that you know it's a blessing for me like the fact that i'm in this band is part of a don't like, tell that to kiss uh, well you know the drummer the drummer is 
the the fucking backbone. And there, and I say that I learned that from Dave Cruzen, who you know, listen to Pearl Jam Ten. Pearl Jam Ten doesn't tell you about the, what a fucking, fucking awesome great drummer, drummer does. Then, then you don't know well, what. Also, you're I will say something about Dave Cruzen. That guy is 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 the best 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 one and done motherfucker on the planet he goes in he he fucking like for 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 debut albums he's like i'll do pearl jam 10 doesn't even make it past the first for, to the record fucking biggest record on the planet he's like oh i'll do candle box candle box on that no, record no 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 you're wrong you didn't do that one he did he did happy pills and that's happy how I pills shannon. that's how i met shannon I met Shannon because Happy Pills. He, he recorded Happy Pills. I put my whole life in a fucking storage unit, jumped in a van and drove down to L.A., stayed in Duff McKeegan's house <laughs> while Candlebox was doing uh, From Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Yeah, the first time I met him. So I was like <laughs> and, and I was committed. I just said, fuck it. I drove a sport bike and I told Dave, I go, I'm coming down there. And I'm going to do that record with you. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know where we're staying. I don't know. I go, I'm coming down there. You don't have to pay me shit. I put all my stuff in a storage unit, threw my bike in a, in a one-way rental van and said, I'll run. I'll get whatever. Because I already knew Kevin Martin. Again, from Diamond Star Halo. <laughs> you see? So there was all kind of leaning so towards like that. you're like Kevin Bacon wow. is what you are. So Kevin Martin is really just like an example for Kevin Bacon. You're the Kevin Bacon of it all. No, well, you, you, I can give you another six story about you. It's, there's a lot of six degrees, but we're really getting to how I met Shannon. And that was what I'm saying is there was a candle box story that when Shan, when Dave Cruz and the one and done quit in the middle of a tour, like I'm on, I'm on the best tour at that time. I was on a bus tour. We're talking now we're like 97, 98. I'm out. I'm having the best fucking time of my life. All right. It was wonderful. Candle box was playing in little smaller, warm theaters. You pull up to the front people that were out there, they loved the band. Okay. There was fun. It was rock. It was fun. And I'm not going to go into all that. So then Dave leaves the band. He quits in the middle of a tour. And I was like, Holy shit. What the fuck? You know, it's not it, those times there wasn't full sale. You don't just get on tour with anybody. You networked. You had to know what you were doing. And at this time I wasn't even like, you know, my trying to be a singer or be anything like I'm just survival of the, of a roadie now, you know, like uh, I'm mm -hmm. living a good life. All my shit's in storage. I want to stay on the road. And <laughs> uh, so cruising leaves the band, Kevin Martin, who's known me a long time was hunting for drummers and said, talk to Shannon. And he, you know, and he, and Shannon will tell you, it's funny because uh, you know, uh, probably let me Boring. take over. Let me take over. Hold on, hold on. We gotta do it. Five, Corey, okay. Corey, Javon. Let's do it. Five, four. <laughs> okay, Shannon. <laughs> Good Thank you, Javon, for the for the beautiful counting. Uh, Brought to you by Noah's Arcade. I have a different memory of that, and and I mean, I while Shane was coming talking to Cruz, and maybe I was cruising disappeared, and. uh he didn't like quit the band. They never heard from him again. He disappeared. And so they fucking, they were managed by the same guy, John, John Reese, that managed my band, Amen, that I was in at the time. <laughs> what do you mean disappeared? So like we, they were on tour like and just they, they just couldn't like, find him? He walked off. I'm he telling just you, he disappeared. He, he left and went, but didn't say anything to anybody. And it probably had to do with, you know, <laughs> drugs or alcohol. I don't know. But I love fucking Dave Cruz and the drums. 
And that Happy Pills record, to me, is Cannabach's best work. And his drumming on the song Happy Pills should be in the top fucking 10 in a rock song. It's amazing. It's one of the coolest things I've played. Anyway, so respect to Dave Cruzan, but but there was no calling Shannon or whatever. I I had to try out for that. And Martin was, Kevin was freaking out because all of a sudden they're drummer and they're trying to get a hold of him. They, you know, call his number, leave message, message, message. He never returned a call. They, he just disappeared, went on a bender wherever he fucking went. That's the truth. And, um, and then I, I got the call from my manager saying, Hey, and we had just finished recording a record and had like a three month time period where they set the shit up and the label has to, you know, you got that three month thing. And Reese is like, look, man, they're, these guys, their drummer disappeared. <clears throat> they got a tour in two weeks. They need a drummer now. You know, uh, would you do it if if you you have to audition? And I'm like, I I was like, yeah, I like Cannonball. I you know, I didn't even have any of the records, but I knew all their hit songs from the radio. And um, and I said, yeah, sure, why not? How much? You know what I mean? I was poor. <laughs> I was in this band, a man. We were poor. I'm like, how much are they paying or whatever? I don't know what it was, but. You know, I said, fuck yeah. And so, um, and I go and like, I, I didn't even like, we, we jammed and, uh, and it was, the rest is awesomeness. You can pick back up Shane, but I just wanted to say that, you know, it happened. I it could have been like, I had to win that job. You know, they auditioned people for that. You know, I didn't know that there was an audition for it. I mean, I just, all I know was that, I was like, didn't know what was going to happen with me. And then Kevin said, or That's I right. remember being in this apartment and he's like, Kevin had told Shannon, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. He got the gig and he goes, I don't know if you uh, have a drum tech or not, but we got a guy we like. And of course, Kevin being a smart ass says, to him, he ain't the surface tool in the shed or something like the brightest <laughs> ball. Bullshit like that to fucking fuck with me. Well, if they if you don't want a drum tech that's this Bernie's bulb because then they know <laughs> God, better and not be a drum maybe tech. Maybe he was trying to upsell me. I don't know, but I pissed me off for a long time. I was like, what the fuck is Kevin saying? I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, shit. and listen, man, this shit happened, man. I thought he said he'll never lie, but no, he Kevin also said, said he'll never try. So I'm confused. No, Kevin, no, Kevin Martin said, uh, Kept like he goes, hey man, you know, because I, I won the gig or whatever. And it was funny because I couldn't even play Dave Cruzan's Happy Pills, which the main beat was written by Kevin Martin, who's also a, a good good He's drummer. a good drummer. He's a drummer. He was the original drummer in Candlebox, was he not? Uh well I He was I mean, the, it was and then the guy I think didn't he pass uh like O O D or something and he stepped up to the plate. That's what I, I, I that's how I remember it in my stoner brain as a child. I don't know, but um, I do know that Kevin showed me how to play Happy Pills, and I was frustrated at first. He goes, "Well, you better know how to play because it's our it's our single right now." So, and I go, "Well, shit." And then he goes, <laughs> "And you know," he said, "He goes because he wrote the drums for you too." And he goes, "Play that song. It's you know, it's for you." And then I went, and he goes, "Just play that beat into the Happy Pills beat." Try that. And I went, I was like, oh, fuck, there it is. The one and one and two and one and two and three. And ah, anyway, Kevin Martin, they rule. So we get, so Kevin Martin says, hey, man, you got a drum tech at the time. Like I said, I was in poor in this band, amen. And we didn't have our own crew or anything. And um, 
And I said, no. And he goes, yeah, I got this dude. He's great tech and he's really big hearted dude. No, he's not the brightest ball, but. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> and I was all, and I laughed. Ooh, Captain and, uh, Martin. No, 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 because that's Kevin Martin humor. Because years later, you know, I and I busted him out and told Shane, and Shane fuck went to Kevin. I'm not the first bulb or sharp tool, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to, like I said, like I love Kevin Martin to the to the moon and back, dude. I'm telling you, I like even part of that story. What brings me to Shannon was when I got the Camel Box gig. I was after that Happy Pills record and. And Kevin was there and he's like, they they called me Smokey because I'd fucking smoke weed nonstop, right? Always. Oh, so, and they're like, Smokey, Smokey. <laughs> it was at the time of, you know. So he goes, Smokey, you're going to sell merch and do drums. And he's like, I'm going to pay you 500 bucks a week. Are you in? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's where that went. And then, so when Dave leaves and all that shit happens and I don't know all that drama, I'm waiting for the next tour. And I find out Dave's gone. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? Uh, you know? So then Shannon, I do a phone interview with, with Shannon. We What's did that. One? I don't know if he remembers. Can we, can we relive like, this phone interview? Because I want to know what an interview there, with, with Shannon. No, I know. I know, <laughs> Siobhan. I know. It was, dude, we, we bullshitted for like 45 minutes, like about snowboarding and music and it was like super mellow first you know oh, yeah you know i think we're gonna talk so about are you a packed powder, powder guy or are you more of like let's go over to utah and see what's going on at the top of the mountain well, with know, the like, helicopter yeah, well he did whole snowboard tours with ugly kid joe and shit so we were talking about i think i had just been up in whistler with kevin so it, yeah we were talking powder and yeah just yeah. <laughs> that was it anyways we talked for like 45 minutes and then he's like yeah sounds good let's let's do this and uh then i went out on the road with him and then my eyes I, my whole brain was peeled back when i'd seen this guy play live i'm like was that even fuck is that even fucking possible because you know you sit there on the hi-hat side and we were playing you know and i'd never seen anything like it well, you know for puffy puffy's hi-hats on the other side so it depends on what drummer you're talking about <laughs> and we all know how important puffy is do we not shannon larkin oh fuck yeah dude fuck yeah we do it's on the other side just like mike mangini because he's also a freak of yeah, yeah. A lot of cool well, that's it that was the story so that's what what, what tour was that that you went out with was this after happy i sorry okay happy pills happy pills yeah but what year does that put us because i don't yeah. know i'm on a bunch of happy pills so i don't <laughs> remember what 19, day it is 1998 Dude, I think I saw you guys in 98 was when I saw Candlebox because they came and played Loco Bazooka. And I remember Kevin wasn't wearing any shoes. That's what He I never did. He had long, beautiful blonde. Then you know it's true. He did have beautiful hair. Yeah, he looked like, I was like, this is the most hippie looking dude I'd ever seen. And I've been waiting since 92 to see Candlebox and they played Loco Bazooka. And I, it was, a, it was a, a, a dream come true. We had Dan Hartwell, who was the guy who put that festival together. But that was the first time I saw and them was in 1998. Ass, he was a badass man. He had Bobby Spider on the floor. And Bob and what? Those what are you the said Bobby Spider on guitar and Rob Reddick on bass. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and fucking Peter Klett. <laughs> that was dope. That dude's Peter a Klett's a rock star. He is a player, boy. I love him. Mm. So that's that's how you guys connected for the first time and really got introduced to each other, right? Yeah, yeah then we toured together. 
And yes. then at the end of this, I'll say this part at the end of the fucking Cannabox thing, because I didn't join Cannabox, you know, I had to spend a man, man same management or whatever. So Cannabox had to, you know, go on after my, my band fired up our first record. And so, you know, so they were in kind of, they didn't know what they were going to do at that point. Cause they were near the end, I guess, of the touring, who knows, but I do know that I said to Shane, well, shit, man, we have our first record coming out. We were on Roadrunner. We had a, fucking tour with slipknot and machine head all this shit coming up and i said you know you need are you busy you know you want to be my tech and come to amen and anyway he came with me and then you know we ended up literally touring the world together and amen didn't have money so shane we had to room with the roker the band and so shane and i literally lived together for like literally five six years in this punk rock environment of a gang style environment too with a leader and everything that and lots of just craziness drugs and alcohol and blood chaos, and chaos. <laughs> crazy chaos you know can you bring us to a moment in time where you like woke up and you're like yeah i want to hear like, about this like yeah, stories like you something. woke up and there was a tail attached to you and you have someone telling you as your lawyer you need to take these drugs like did that happen like, give us a man, moment paint the picture man, Dolly. we did real shit it was real <laughs> no i know so tell us one of the real moments i want it you to paint us a picture with your mind <laughs> real moments of what like where you woke up and you said to yourself, All right, you go, this Shane. is fucking crazy. This, this right now, this well, moment, I'm going to encode this in my head so that I can forever tell this story to myself at least. All right. I'm, so I'm walking on stage, walking on stage in front of 20,000 people, Australia, big day out festival, fucking did cocaine with fucking fat Mike from no effects. Yeah. Like, fucking high as shit. He's by the stage and fucking everything's fucking on. I'm going like this. Shane back there. Shane really, for Amen, became too the all stage guy. He wasn't just behind the drums because my drums got destroyed anyway. So he was all over the stage, kind of. I don't even know his job was everything in that band. Stage guy. Because Casey wrecked everything. So Shane would go around and fix it, right? So anyway, I'm, it, it was a big ass crowd festival situation. Like I said, rocks, I, the fucking Jack White standing there, whatever. Whatever, and, Jack White just hanging out there. It might get loud. Yeah, White Stripes were on the bill. Anyway, Casey Chaos fucking comes and just walks onto the stage and throws a bottle about half full of vodka right at my fucking face, man. And, you know, luckily I have the reflexes of a cat and I, <laughs> I, I happen to look up. Well, you have to I, because of Kiss. You have to because you are the cat. Well, in all seriousness, it would have fucking bloody it would have fucked me up man and and for and we hadn't even played one note the band was on the feedback had started we always started with the guys just hit a core yeah and so fucking and he did that to me and like i swear to god when i i i happened to just he looked right at me and did it and just threw up i didn't do we we were friends i don't know he was crazy what? he's crazy so where he's crazy so anyway when he fucking threw it i, I went like this and it it fucking bruised my arm. Like I played the show, but fat fucking Mike, who wasn't even fat from no effects. Well, if he's where a did they get that name? Where, where did fat said, Mike come no, from? No, no, no. Fat Mike, fat Mike, by the way, was fucking sober. He decided to do coke because he'd never done it. He goes, and we're rock stars now because he's on this big tour. 
He was just taking the piss, man. Fat Mike's the, the shit. He, he's not like he's a the coolest motherfucker. That guy is cool he's as the coolest a man. guy ever, ever. So anyway, Fat Mike, I hear Fat Mike going, hey, dude, are you all right? Like to him, it looked like the bot because like I said, Another fucking six inches, it would have smashed my fucking Wait, brain. Who threw the bottle? Did I am I did I miss the it? Singer, the oh, singer. singer. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause that was like, wait a minute, fat Mike's cool, but wait, did he throw the bottle? Oh, yeah, I was confused. I, I my brain's okay. not firing at full speed, guys. Okay, so continue just, the story. Continue yeah. the story. <laughs> now I know. I like fat Mike. He, he, and, but that was just one moment. And then, you know, I was so fucking mad at that point. But I, you know, I just it was an angry, mad music, bad, mad band, right? We were just, I mean, we destroyed the stages and shit, but, but this guy did it on purpose and whatever, and, and would take my drums and throw my fucking cymbal stand in the crowd or whatever, and, and uh, which people don't like, really. Yeah, no. It's but I mean, we had a hardcore crowd, man, <laughs> and um, whatever. And we, we, we it, that's a whole nother story. But the point is, is Sheen and I, became best of friends for like literally we after that then i quit amen and uh within two weeks got the call from sully Arn and within a few months was in got in fucking uh miami living writing a record with godsmack so i uh, and and of course i'm the drummer so i said yeah i got my tech and i'm called shane you know you want to go and be my guy still in godsmack i joined in godsmack he's like fuck yeah and we've been together. It's been, you said 17 years, Shane. It's been like uh, 98 was yeah. Candlebox. So basically uh, what so you're saying is if you committed manslaughter in 1998 over 20 years at least, and right? you went to, yeah. to jail, <laughs> over you guys years. would still be together when you got out. Like th that's how long you and Shane have been together. And it, it also shows why over, Shane's in the fucking band because it's so important for people like to realize that it's not just about first off, Shane, you're a fucking righteous vocalist. So like rock on dude, thank, but thank you. knowing you're a badass dude and that you can go on the road with this dude is so clearly a really important thing, especially if you're in a blues band, because most bands don't have the privilege, like you said, to be like Godsmack. Even when you're in Amen, you clearly attack. What do you mean attack, dude? We're lucky we have a sound guy. You know what I mean? Like right. a fucking tech? Jesus Christ. What, what are you going to give me a bathroom next? Like, holy shit. So, like, uh, I am so excited to hear that you guys have gone that deep because it also explains why your music sounds so fucking trippy. You guys sound locked the fuck in because I know Shannon has been playing with Tony for fucking pushing two decades. And it sounds to me like you guys have been literally in the trenches having vodka bottles thrown at you. So um, yeah. it sounds like it on, the, on, on Apocalypse Blues Revival. And everyone should go to the link at the bottom of the page that Corey so politely edited in there for us <laughs> with the video that drops today because April Fools, you get music. So there you go. Hey. Well, so, so at what at what point did the idea for at what point did the idea for Apocalypse Blues like come up? Because obviously, you know, you guys were together for all these years touring, doing different projects. So where did this idea come up to do music together, like an original project? That's a good story. I could probably it. Shannon could tell it. I could tell it. Whatever. Five, <laughs> four, three. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> Am I telling it? Uh, well, the story is uh, of what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell it. How the Wait, idea the for Apocalypse Blues in the revival computer. came Listen, up. Listen, so here, you want to know how it is that 
So what what happened in a nutshell? I, I used to live in Costa Rica. I I've lived. Of course you did. I, I, I have a cool. I I, I enjoyed my life. Okay, I've, I've been blessed to have a, to sit behind that guy who has an artistic vision that you know takes interpreting, and that's where me being his tech for a long time. I can read him and we're close friends and I've been able to read him. And so I think what you're talking about with our music is that when I got the opportunity, because I tried out for this band too, it wasn't just like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to let Shane sing. We had another, we did 35 songs in a funk band that I got in that project because <clears throat> I had cut out of the States in 2003. I decided I was touring with Shannon. We were on Metallica I just been we done when Amen, you know, into Godsmack, Godsmack into these world tour out with Metallica. I felt like I kind of hit the 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 premiere. Like I've done this stuff. I wanted to surf. I'm a surfer, and and I and I needed a little like downtime. And I'd gotten an opportunity. Yeah, too to much for a, whom the bells toll. Now you need to go Hawaii, catch a fucking awesome yeah, right. wave. Well, like God damn it, why not? And I love Costa Rica. I love the beach and the, you know, the, the vibe. And I'd been there and I'd found this little town. I really enjoyed. And a friend of mine uh, had, had said, Hey dude, like I got a shot. He, he'd been with this Costa Rican chick who, and he got a shot at this bar that was sitting right on the beach on a beautiful wave that I'd surfed and I loved. And I was like, really? And I was on tour with Metallica and I'm like, haven't, you know, the time of my life, dude, I was, it was fucking great. But I asked Shannon, I go, dude, I know we've been together a long time, but I'm, I think I need to bounce for a little bit. And I moved to Costa Rica. So he said, cool. I got a replacement who wasn't hard. He's out on Metallica and there was a friend of his. <laughs> so I went to Costa Rica while I was in Costa Rica. I mean, I stayed there. I, I didn't even leave for almost a year and a half. And I started a bar and I was getting, you know, doing my thing. And then I, it didn't what I needed to start working again. <laughs> you know, like I was getting where fuck I, I was getting Island fever called shannon he's like you know you're my boy of course you can fucking come back let me make some adjustments i come back to work during that time he'd him and tony were jamming with a guy that was was this fucking amazing bass player that was tony's best buddy and they were just jamming with other people they were and they was kind of funk and and groove shit and it was helping tony because tony's like way advanced guitar player from what you know he writes great shit in god's neck but this is a whole nother level of stuff that they were doing shannon had all these ideas so they're writing all this stuff and i was there working and they were recording one night they were in the studio and they were recording break in and they're here. like hey Not man we don't said. have an engineer here we just like you know hit record or whatever and they were doing it they were doing this groove they're fucking laying it down and of course i'm in the you know i'm a musician at heart i'm a singer i'm i i feel shit and i might just i just shoot from the hip on stuff i'm not classically trained on all kinds of stuff but i shoot from the hip i got my own thing and when they were playing i was like god damn this is fucking on right i'm like this is on and so there was a mic in the control room and i just wanted to sing i just I just wanted to sing. I wanted to lay something over that. They couldn't hear it. It wasn't anything. It was just for me. So I did that. Boom. I'm like, and there, we had this jam and I sang over it. And when they came into the control, I'm like, oh, God damn, did you get that fucking magic? Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah, I did. So they were playing it back. 
And then there was a little, you see a little light, like, what was this other track? <laughs> you know, what was that? I was like, oh, well, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. But I, I fucking, I sang a little track over that. And Shannon was like, oh, no shit. Well, fuck, let's hear that. And he's listening to it. And I remember it felt pretty good because they're like, huh, because I was just freestyling, you know, it wasn't, it was ad lib to say the least. The lyric. I lost my strap. <laughs> Today, yeah, yeah, they go. It goes like <laughs> I lost my strap today. My reason to. I was like, "Hey, you want to be our singer?" <laughs> I got this yeah. band, man, and we and played so we, and we were we, ants, and I called us the piss ants. They were the piss ants, and we were going to wear masks, and we were going <laughs> to hold on. Let's check this out. So, can I tell you? I had an epiphany oh this God. week, Shane. I figured out if there was any song that embodies Shannon. And now you, now that I know the, what you guys are like and why you're friends and it makes total sense, there's a song. Have you guys seen the movie? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's a visual yeah, aid. That's, that's Shannon. That's, that's Shannon's character. For as anyone the, that's... As red yeah. ant. I mean, For anyone that's listening, you, check out the video. Yeah, you have to watch yeah. the video, and please subscribe yeah. to 2020-d.com. April Fools, fuck you. Hold on a second. I need to tell you guys that I had this like moment of epiphany this week because every time I talk to Shannon, like for example, this week when I was talking to Shannon, we were <laughs> Alex Goldnick came up because like I mean, come on, he's important, he's fucking awesome and legendary, and he was like, oh. We toured with the, with those guys in Wrathchild, and if you talk to him, just be like, thank you for your kindness or what. But I was talking to him. I was going back and forth. I was having a sidebar. So I actually wrote to Alex, if like, you know, hey, you know, Shannon from Godsmack says, you know, hi. And, um, you know, he wanted you to know that he appreciated your kindness. And I screenshot it, and I sent it to Shannon. And then he writes back, like, five hours later, what's up? And I'm like... <laughs> Dude, I don't know what world you're living in, but I want to be there. So I realized at that moment that it's like the Little Mermaid when she goes, "I want to be where the people are. I want to see. I want to see them dancing." And she's like all confused by all the things that have sunk under the sea, and all she has is a little like a guy, you know, talking in a Jamaican accent, man, walking around like a crab, telling you like what's going on up there. And I feel like that's Shannon trying to get through the world but he doesn't have to because he's a princess underneath the sea just fucking swirling around in his own ocean that loves him uh -huh. you know i i just look at it like fucking uh you know you think that salvador dali really cared about the reality that was swimming around him you know like fucking fucking willie nelson got high in the white house you know like we gotta think about deeper things you know what i mean like, like willie nelson getting yeah. high in the white house that is pretty fucking deep you know the whole interdimensional door things I, well, by the but, way, but don't you think that martha washington got high in the white house but then you realize no, there wasn't a white house i'm yet. sorry that i left john lennon gave back his knighthood you know i'm just saying um you know so what what on what conversation in your brain were you having that ended with John Lennon gave back his knighthood? Because that's know. awesome. Like what? Yeah, I mean that's rock star thing. But like what was yeah. what was the thought that 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 spawned 
Yeah, oh, he's so you, rock and roll. He gave oh, back his. He's not Sir John. He's he's just John because he said man. fuck it. No, no, no. I just saw that you know Kenny Wayne Shepherd. You know was you know the blues community. I'm just a little pissed about that. I don't like to get political and all, but you know Kenny Wayne's a car collector and he had a fucking replica of the Dukes of Hazard car, and so the fucking you know blues Grammy fucking thing, uh, which he w- w- won, they. However, they do it, took it away from him because of, you know, he had pictures of him with this, uh, you know, with the Dukes of Hazard car. Wait, yeah, yeah. they took away a Grammy the, because he had a Dukes of Hazard car. Well, it wasn't the Grammys; it was the Blues Association thing. But it was it's important to blues, and you know, and it was bullshit. And you know, Kenny Wayne Chubb is about the least racist fucking guy on the planet, and he collects muscle cars. Everyone knows it. That's a fan and follows him, that's and for them to do that. That car, you know, and then he had to come out to, you know, I covered the flag up years ago or whatever. And then, you know, and all, all, of course, all the blues, black blues. Did people not remember that Lemmy walked around in full fucking Nazi swastika garb all the time and people still play Ace of Spades all the time like it's no problem? <laughs> Well, you know, that Lemmy, we're talking Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Motorhead. No, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm a Jew. It didn't offend me. It just made me like Lemmy more. I don't know why. Because I think that's a hateful thing, but it's just he was fucking out of his mind, and you expect him to be doing crystal meth wearing a fucking Hitler hat. Like, why wouldn't he be doing that? <laughs> he would fucking put it, you know, in his Coca-Cola, you know, to the day he died. Yeah, that's how he did that's it. That's the old style Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. Put crystal meth in your Coke. That was Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Lemmy ruled. Killed by death. <laughs> Killed by death. Well, that, that was the most that was the most that was the thing in the, in the movie airheads that i thought was the most authentic you know joke which was who you know when they're talking to egon spangler harold ramus as some, most people know him uh who's the record executive they said who would win in a fight lemmy or god and and, and of course you know he's like well uh, and he's like trick question lemmy is god and that's how I knew that that movie had some gravitas and that Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, whatever his fucking name is, um, were a band. Buscemi. 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 The, the, the Lone Rangers. Buscemi. The Lone Rangers. Three Lone Rangers. You're a Cologne Ranger. So, yeah. Lame. All right. Cologne range taking a lot so, of left turns there. Yeah, somebody reel this back. Yeah, in, I think please. I think what we were we were getting to is so you guys were in the piss ants <laughs> and uh, right. Somehow, somehow that turned into the apocalypse blues revival. So let's connect right. the story there. I, I tried out for the band. Thank you. Thank you. I tried out for the band, Corey. I, I did. So but I was in the I was in that band. I was living in Costa Rica and I and I landed. He said, let's do this thing. And we did because of that little it was happenstance. So then they moved to Florida. Nobody was living in Florida then, but then Shannon and Tony, they migrate to Florida. Well, the bass player wouldn't go. I'm a cow. And I, at the time, people in general didn't live in Florida or that Godsmack did not live. Cause I feel like people had already habitated Florida. At that ben, point. Ben, ben, not, ben, uh, stop ben, talking. Don't, don't stop answer Ben's questions. They're, they're off topic. Just ignore them. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So Yeah. I, I didn't, then while I was in Costa Rica, uh, and then I get to California, and Shannon and Tony are in, are in um, Florida, 
but they're playing a lot and the, their affliction to play blues music and be do dirty little haunts and just to get their uh their mind out of Godsmack world not to i mean Godsmack world's awesome but it's a different world and they they're musicians you know like they need to they hone their craft anyone that just like listens to only one like style of music that like considers themselves a musician <laughs> She's open their mind. It's just like Frank Zappa said, because that's one thing we have in common, Shannon, is our love for Frank Zappa, is that a mind is like a parachute. It does not work unless it's open. That's true, man. But, it, you know, what happened was when Shane went to Costa Rica, that ended the funky ants. Because we, by the way, just a quick side Wait, note. You were the piss ants and they went to the funky ants? Yeah, let me just do this. I can do this one quick because I've said it before. But... So in, in regards to the, the piss ants, that fateful night that Shane was in the control room, that's a true story. He really did that. We came in and really started that band right there. And, and it became something that lasted six, seven years, over 35 songs, like you said, over five, five different studios. We recorded together, writing music together. But all the while, the big machine, Godsmack, was gone. So we would do it whenever we'd have breaks. And then when Shane went to Costa Rica, well, and after we had got masks, suits, man, like he showed you a doll. We had dolls. We had, we had all this, this big marketing plan. And then we went for the big deal, you know, like whatever they went for, the big ones, Nickelodeon. And Disney. And so anyway, the piss ants became, uh, you know, after investors got involved and everything. And our music was very happy and positive anyway. And it was true. It was funk in the vein of like. Oh, uh, slide the family stone was was nice. like the, you know what I mean like that. Yeah, for me, yeah. wanted to be funky and positive. I'm am everyday people, motherfuckers, right or whatever. And so everything that was a, a rule. Our lyrics had to all be positive, right? And so with that said, then when one of our investors, Paul Geary, manager of Godsmack, fifty thousand um, dollars, came in and said, "Hey, I'll give you guys some money, and um, let's try and get a fucking deal, but tone it down." And let's write for the fucking tweens. And I had this comic book written and Shane found an artist. We got a fucking dude to make a comic book that was going to come with a wreck. We had this whole market. Wait, Gary convinced you to make a comic book? Listen, no, man. I, was no, right. had it written, I, I made the fucking comic book, all right? Okay. I wrote the story and fucking the whole band. We had this whole plan. And, and me and Shane write these crazy cool lyrics and it, it was fun, man. And it was all fun. And our, our whole thing too, is we could be like kiss and not fucking no one know who we are. We'd have these masks on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like Tony and I, who were in Godsmack and with this band, you know, wanted to be, we could be anonymous and we could play true funk music and blah, blah, blah. And for kids, then it became, you know, I like funk and ice cream and shit. It went. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and it was, wait, you mix funk and ice cream? Is, that yeah. shit. Dude, that was the, yeah, it was great. Go ahead, shit. That shit was dope. And and but it didn't get signed, man. And you know, we we shopped it around. And once you've shopped to the majors, you don't want to go to you know, whatever. And 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 it was a side thing and it was a gamble and we 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 didn't get signed. So Shane, in the meantime, had moved to Costa Rica. So the band was while well, you know, the market, the machine was trying to get a sign or whatever. And went and had a bar down there and everything was so happy and blah, blah, God smacks. Now we're writing the next record. And so the, the funky ants didn't ever break up. Hey, you know, we're breaking up, Shane. It was like, we just, we didn't, uh, we no longer just were together. Shane moved out of country. We were jamming. I was mm -hmm. in Boston a lot, whatever, man. And it, the band dissolved. And so 
a year and a half later, and the no, three years later, because writing of the next record was when Tony and I started jamming with with doing blues, and it was called Blue Cross, by the way. And we played for six years as Blue Cross with no record deal, no aspirations for a record deal. Our whole thing was to play blues in small clubs to get away from the whole big machine of being must be nice and we're very grateful to be but in this huge fucking band man you know what i mean in the rock world we can we're in this big band and so it's nice to come for us and just have by the way total freedom and no pressure to jam on the stage yeah and write these songs that are just they don't have to be for the radio they don't have to be hit songs they can be written for people who like mushroom tea uh uh, it can be, I have a new song, by the way. It's called Skinny and the Mushroom Fairy. Wait, do you hear it, Shane? It's fucking dope. <laughs> that's a new. That's yeah. new to me. Skinny and the, the Mushroom, mushroom Fairy. fairy. They're going to be Which, honored when they hear this epic. I can't wait to tell him. Now he's going to be stoked. Don't tell him until it's done, though, and then okay, you play okay. him the song. So check this one out. <laughs> Here you go, Skinny and the Mushroom Fairy. Anyway. But uh, that's an inside deal, boys and girls, which, which, by the way, that brings me to I'm sorry to the 2020 crew for leaving so abruptly on oh. the last. But what happened was <laughs> when when the tea did kick in, sometimes I get nausea and, <laughs> and you know, and at first, no, I was I was zoning and everything was cool. It wasn't really about dust mites that drove me off it was, it was more it was more about like nausea you know and so at that point i had to get into a fetal position yeah so that's how, i can't that's remember how i said i said something like all right i'm consciously gonna i gotta speak. go yeah it's all good man that no, that episode cool. actually hasn't come out yet it's gonna come out in a couple of weeks so I think it was what, a good one. Out. Yeah, it's April first, right? Yeah. So it'll yeah, be- yeah, no. But the 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 thing is, it's funny because you're like, I've been on this three times in a month. And I'm like, yeah, like in reality, but not in our 2020 world. <laughs> not in 2020 I know you're in world. Shannon world, but like, no one knows what happens with David Abrazies yet. The first- they don't even know. No, well, we we released the first one called the Psychedelic Biker. So we understand. We we foreshadow Shannon. Yeah. And then it shows the, the how he's built a relationship, a synergy amongst yeah. Siobhan, myself, and Corey. Uh, we have a mutual understanding. Then we got, we came back because he had said something to us, which we thought was a challenge. He likes David Abruzzese. We're friends with David. So we're like, fuck it. So he said he'd come co-host if we got David. So I had David kind of send him an old school WWF, like Hogan. Yeah, Hogan. <laughs> but spoken but through, a through a lava lamp. lamp. So you understand that this is how he calls, this is how he calls <laughs> Shannon. Um, and he, he basically says, Shannon, you got to get 2020 with me. And it turns out that apparently he had been a fan of his and had been watching him since Wrathchild oh, yeah. and said he had met him with a boa constrictor around his fucking neck. Well, so we invited them back on the show. Yes. Shannon took a half ounce of mushrooms and tea, which by the way, if anyone knows, a side effect of even a small amount of mushrooms can be it's like, it's nausea. So I a half ounce of mushrooms, like I'm not throwing up, that's a champion. We grind them up and then you just put them in the, uh, and lick them like that when I'm taking motorcycle rides because it just knows the pain. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but the uh, point being, there is an episode coming out of 2020 yeah. very soon that uh, I don't think you guys are going to want to miss. 
it was a fun that's one. What, that's yeah, what Shannon is really referencing David right now. Looks like, uh, David Abruzzese looks like he's Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Literally, it's <laughs> fucking... And he just finds a dog on the side of the road. It's this is my first podcast. I've never even done this shit. Shannon had to pep talk me to do it, actually. You I fun? hope you're enjoying it, yeah. I, it's I'm it's easy. It's, it's, your, it's because of you guys. I think it's because I showed up early, like a worker. Yeah. <laughs> you well, you're also the fucking real deal, dude. Like, I... I love the fact that Shannon's like, gone. Like, we lost Shannon. Have, yeah, Shannon's, Shannon's been gone. Like, how long has he been here for real? Though, in Shannon time. But did he Shane, leave? He is, I think his internet. Who knows maybe. what's up with Shannon? Remember, he said his his internet was what uh, unstable. Uh, yeah. Unstable. Clearly, <laughs> it wasn't lying. But I I, I'm saying that as soon as you signed on, Shane, like we, I was like, this guy's the real deal. He looks like he's the real like he, like unless you're lying to me, this guy's the real deal. He no, he, I don't know. I don't know like how that. to do anything different. I like I just say it. I'm being honest. He <laughs> he had to pep talk me. I'm like, you know, I don't what what the fuck do I have to say really? You know, he's like, no, well, you're the singer, dude. It's it's so you're, cool to to hear the backstory of you. I can tell that you guys really have a close relationship. I mean, it's so cool to have that. I think it's pretty rare for someone to have like a companion like that through so many different projects and. You know, making music together, touring together. Almost two like, decades? That's a long, that's yeah. a long fucking time, I mean, bro. more if you started in, you know, mid-late 90s, right? That's over 20 years, like like 25 years. That's incredible. That's, yeah, you know, it, it is a trip. And I have to say, like, since it's out there in the world, like, I definitely was, uh, I thought this through where I got into being a backline guy. I got into working in the music industry to find my moment and my tribe to make music with. Right. And me and Shannon, there's a communication thing that helps because as we all know, you're musicians. I look, we're all musicians and it doesn't, you don't have some classically trained, some you like you have so much. I was looking at all the shit you've done. I can't touch on that. I, but I have a lot of touring experience, you know, like I, I the work part of, this lifestyle i got first off can we just start and, off by saying if you're trying to compare yourself in any way shape or form to any of siobhan cronin's accolades you no. might as well just slit your wrist because and, and give up because it's obnoxious <laughs> she's got like master's degrees she's like a trained uh show pony um no but i learned so languages. much more hold on shut up i'm not done talking about you um she's fucking plays seven okay listen to this guys this is a true story shin listen to this listen to this you'll appreciate this i thought that I had something over Siobhan because I'm stupid. I thought that I could play this beautiful piano and that when she would come play her violin that I was like showing her something that maybe one day she could understand. Turns out she's a better pianist than I am too, but she was just doesn't take, she doesn't call herself a pianist and therefore let me think for years that she didn't even play because she's just so humble. She didn't want to tell me that I'm not as fantastic as Eric Gales thought he was. I was intimidated. I looked, no. I had to, I had to research a little because I didn't want to come in my first time. Like I said, like, this is a whole different thing. Shannon had to coerce me. It only me. takes once. Yeah. Clearly, no, but, as you, can Clearly see, you didn't watch really any of our episodes because then you would have not, you wouldn't have been afraid at all. You would have <laughs> yeah, realized we have no idea what we're doing. And we're... <laughs> I, I don't watch this. I'm not, it, it's not, it's not my wheelhouse. You don't watch no. it either. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no disrespect. I'm not disrespecting. <laughs> no, it's not. okay. <laughs> Just, just I saying. I can't say. Yeah. Uh, I'm not keeping up with what people are saying or thinking. <laughs> oh, hold on, but, but why would you want to? Why would you, when you're having a bar on the beach in Costa Rica, like, okay, let's get in the mind of Shane for a moment. Let's get in the hall 
of the Mountain King over here, Shane Hall of the Mountain oh, fucking crazy mountain over here. Okay, with his fucking Robert Plant meets fucking crazy man meets fucking I should be singing <laughs> the blues somewhere. And and he lives in Costa Rica. Fuck. So you're going from the mountains. So you got you're like you're at Whistler one moment, and then the next moment you're like I'm catching a fucking wave in Zealand, bro. And then next thing you know, he's fucking touring Europe with fucking Shannon. Then he's backpacking, playing in a band called the Piss Ants that writes funky Disney music. <laughs> what the flying fuck? You have nothing to say, <laughs> Shane. I gotta tell you, bro. I gotta tell you. I feel you enlightened by you because you know what? You can have all the tick, 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 ticks on the screen. But the fact is, why would you want to watch a podcast like this if you could build a fucking bar on the beach? It means that we don't, you don't need what we're providing right now. Unless you want it. Unless you want it. You can have it if you want it. But you don't need it. The people that are listening to this somehow, just like we do, kind of need us. Hey, it's, like a, it's, a, it's like a codependent relationship that neither can quit. Benny, is, is this show 2020 big in like Boston? You're in Boston, right? I don't know. You have to ask Corey. He digs His mom the watches it. We know that. My mom. Yeah. There's about that, but well, she's more Worcester. Siobhan, are you in Boston? No, I'm in Miami. No way. Yeah, yeah in Florida. Miami. Are you coming to the show? What? What show? show? Oh, I'm giving away play, my car. We're not playing Miami, but we're starting to play. We're going to weekend warrior it. Where? Be, uh, well, we're playing Punta Gorda. Okay. And then, and then we're playing. Uh, we're playing, in fact, in this place called Engleberry, I think. Right. Or Castleberry. Castleberry. Okay. Are the dates public? Like, are they online? Can people find this, them? Yes. Memorial Day weekend. Listen, if okay. you go to uh, if you go to you know apocalypseblues.revival.com or whatever, we have yes. it on the, or on our Facebook. It's all over everywhere. Now. I, I just want to say it's, it's it's the apocalypseblues.revival.com. I know that because yeah. I said the wrong. I said apocalypse uh, blues revival on the first episode, and it didn't exist. It didn't go anywhere. I felt bad, so I actually bought the domain. So <laughs> it now redirects apocalypse blues revival redirects to the apocalypse. You did blues that, revival. yeah. So, Dude, so I do this wow. if you guys oh, wow. want it. I'll like, transfer. Guys, I'll transfer. Shit, it. No, no, <laughs> I felt bad because I was given the wrong address the entire first podcast. Well, coolest, like, how maniacal <laughs> that could have gone? Because like, if I had bought it, I'd be like Shannon. Okay, <laughs> you'd be okay. like negotiating okay. how much. I, I really like Gibson guitars. That was nice of you. Like, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> and then you uh, wear about, But listen, when we play in that, uh, I think Castleberry or Angleberry. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna uh, look right now. Um, it's a blues rock vintage car festival. Wow. And, so, and that's why Shane is going to give his 6-4 Riviera. Okay. <laughs> but of course, you know, you'll get the chain. Did you already explain that, Shane? We're going to get might not be that I, show. I'm buying a record anyway because I be support honest, all it might bands. not be at that show unless we sold all 300 records by the well, time. Can, I, can I ask a favor? I'll ask it on the air. Can you guys personalize one and like write like, fuck you, Benny? Like you suck because I put them up in my studio, as you can see around me. I'm like surrounded with tessellations. Yes. Of, of just of like signed <laughs> shit. So yes. I, I would love well, we'll you should write something really obnoxious like, you know, you suck or mow my lawn. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will. I'll give you the money for it because I think everybody that's listening should go buy your record and support all the bands that you love. Because where you might think that this is an easy thing, it's not an easy thing. Um, everyone thinks it's unrealistic because it is unrealistic. It's very, very, very hard for bands to make a money uh, to make money doing what they love. Uh, artists at all. So I recommend, please, please go buy the fucking record, buy the shirts, go buy your friends' fucking records. Don't Support make the them band. ask Support you. The music, it's obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> Because Siobhan's just used to being called in because she's a violinist. Because again, only people with money can afford Siobhan. That's not true. There are so many things that I do for nothing. So many things. I care about the music. Well, you do because you're a humble person. But like the fact is, is that you basically play cricket, which like none of us can afford to play. Like, literally, like, Shane, did you learn the violin? No, he was already fucking working a full-time job by the time his brain couldn't encode the technique <laughs> required to play even remotely like you, and why would he waste his time? Because nobody's going to play close to you because you're fucking, literally, your mom's a tiger mom. And no, if, if it makes you feel any better. might as well just fucking waterboarded you into playing Paganini. No, I, I was lucky deal, growing Siobhan. up. No, thank you, deal. thank you. But if it makes you feel better, Benny, I actually paid my my way through college and my masters, and I used to and take buses. Your mom buses. probably made you. And no, made she you didn't feel make me. Too. She, she oh. just she she spent her money on high school <laughs> education, and that was it. So that was I, As I she paid was my wearing way your diamonds. She was probably like pay for the next semester with her like forty seven <laughs> carats of diamonds, <laughs> and her Louis Vuitton and her Burberry. It's fucking awesome, guys. Uh, there's a reason she's so good. No, a Florida band, Siobhan. Sorry. Star set a Florida band? Is it no, your- they're based in Ohio in Columbus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys are all from Columbus area generally, but then the string players, there's me and then a cellist. The cellist is based in Vegas and then I'm in Miami. Nice. Yeah. Well, the truth is, is when you have two billion streams, you might know this because you might be in a band that's at this level. But when you have Where two you billion at? streams, you can live in different states. It works. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at? Where do you dwell? Uh, in Miami, I- so not South Beach, but like mainly no, in Miami. He's asking Corey, Siobhan. Oh, me. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I'm I just, didn't hear I'm it. Just, uh, mean to Siobhan. Sorry. He's always mean to me. I'm used I'm to just it. 30 minutes south of Boston. I'm not too far. Ben, I'm just like, yeah, a little south of further than Ben. He's an Attleboro guy. Yeah. Nice. Man, we got people on the West Coast here, and the Florida, and the Boston. We fucking kick ass, man. We're all this hanging. Well, that's why I was asking pack powder versus you know like just normal crazy like because we we I, I'm a New England guy, so we don't get that kind of fucking snow that you get in Whistler or Mammoth. I can go fucking rocket with you, but like that's not how I grew up because I'm not like Siobhan where I'm cultured. No, I can't snowboard for shit. I skied a little no, I bit, know. but you, you learned about things at the Louvre. Yeah, I tried snowboarding, but I was horrible. Absolutely horrible. This sounds arrogant. I can do both. Oh, look at you. <laughs> oh, shit. I never, I never tried I snowboarding because I got good at skiing and I figured to myself, like, why start over again? I know, but you got to have that tight butt the whole time you ski. You got to <laughs> loosen up a little, have some soul. So snowboarding works for that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I kind of like having a tight ass. Though. I made that shot. I made that shit up. <laughs> no, it's no, it's true. It really works your ass, and, and you're, it's also like doing the the hoverboards. Like you really do work your core. It's like when you ski oh. or you or you go down. It, it, people don't realize that how do those guys do so well? They have insane core strength and can use their brain like a fucking like Nintendo controller and be like because it requires such crazy little movements, and people don't get it, and that's why they end up hitting trees. 
All right, and on that note, don't go down the grade. Don't go down the grade. It's not a good idea. (laughs) What's bring it back in? Um, so it is April Fool's Day, and you guys have now officially released the video for your track, brand new track. No one will miss me. Featuring Uh, Transcendence, Kenny James from the Great Rare Earth. Kenny James, who played the keys on that one, the Hammond B3. Which, nice. by the way, the Hammond B3 that he played it on came from Muscle Shoals Studios. And it had a, a, a legendary, a, a little like extra knob thing on it um, that they claimed Greg Allman put on there. But that I don't know. But I do know that it was actually bought from Muscle Shoals Studio. And that's Greg. So therefore, Greg Allman could very well have played it. So the great Kenny James from Rare Earth, who Got a, a Grammy nomination when I was the year I was born. By the way, this cat—he's playing on the keys, right? Amazing uh, on this song, which is pretty phenomenal, right? Right, Benny? Come on, that's Let, amazing. Well, well, this this is the thing that people have to understand: that back Rare in the day, earth. before there was Nord leads, before there was VST instruments where you could just plug into the MIDI's <laughs> or get your fucking Casio or realistic at Radio Shack. You had to get, you had to get, okay, a fucking real organ. You couldn't just bring it anywhere, bro. Like this was a fucking 600 pound fucking thing. And you got a Leslie speaker that turned around. And then if you wanted fucking distortion, you literally distorted it. And then pe- people played with their feet. That is a different thing, and it was a rare thing, and it happened in Rare Earth, which is a band that if you don't know yes. funk, if you don't know soul, if you don't know what a Hammond B3 sounds like. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, all I that. know is Kenny James played on this new video, and uh, and he played in, in the great Rare Earth. But what on, but, what, but, what, what, but so you said you you told me on the fucking thing. No, I know, right? but can I say something about it? Now let me ask you this: What's it called? Is it the Mandala? Oh, yeah. no, 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 talking, you've been talking. For Kenny James, one second. Kenny <laughs> James is like the Mandala effect. It's like the Mandala effect because you don't even need to say he's legendary because yeah, if that's, you said that's how our Siobhan, show works. Ben talks and then you know we wait. Benny is a big talker. Same Benny, 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 Benny. Um, now God damn it. See, that's what happens. Well, yeah, welcome to, welcome to our world. Say, oh, no, I was talking because it meant, oh, no, Benny told me that he was like an encyclopedia of anything from Del Shannon up to fucking whatever, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, good. Right. I mean, I, see, yeah. listen, listen, this is one of these things that Shane and I have in common. And one of the things that we bonded from music about is like we have a knowledge of whatever, older 60s, 50s music or whatever from his sister's singing, perhaps, or my mom and dad certainly just all that shit, right? And so, uh, and and then there it was. Are you trying trying to test me out? Like, do you... Well, first off, it really pisses me off because I just got a Randy Rhodes Sandoval V and it's in the shop right now being worked on, so I would have totally just grabbed it with the polka dots and the fucking bow ties. But uh, I got to tell you that I loved... First, I love all that kind of stuff. And I say that because I grew up in an oldies radio station, 1310 AM stereo in WORC in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is actually where John Garabedian, the infamous open house party, um, heard in 175 uh, markets uh, for 40 years, um, is started off. And I listened 
to a lot of that stuff, everything from the Supremes and uh, to, to the Beatles. But, you know, like Dion and the Belmonts. Like, I knew a lot of D Dion songs versus just Dion and the Belmonts. And that's one of those things that like, I didn't internalize till later when you see people in their 60s or 70s and they want to dance. And you're like, dude, put on Run Around Sue. And then you realize that that guy is just a scoundrel. Like, listen to those lyrics. Like, how were they not offended? But that was a different time. And, I, I mean, Get Ready by Rare Earth. That's a fucking amazing song. Or, hey, big brother, don't you fucking test me, Larkin. I will fucking own you. <laughs> no, I love all that shit, man. And I pay my, my homage to it because that's how I respect you. Because anyone that thinks that if you're in a band that's as successful as Godsmack and you write <laughs> music that's as good as Godsmack and you have as consistent hits as Godsmack, as Shannon has let us know, casually just happens. It's just number ones with that band. I, you need to, in my opinion, as a producer, as a musician, get the funk out. Literally, Geary tells you with the band Extreme, Nuno <laughs> Betancourt, it's true. You got to get the funk out because sometimes, you know, playing uh, that, that chuggity chug 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 metal thing, look, man, it's awesome in front of Metallica's crowd. In fact, the fact that they don't boo you in front of Metallica tells you how important you are to rock and roll and heavy metal. Because, you know what, I feel like opening for Metallica or Iron Maiden or Slayer is literally the kiss of death, unless you're Kiss. You know what I mean? And then it's not, because they love you too. And I think that you have to go play blues, or you have to go play funk to continue to keep that shit fresh. Or otherwise it's gonna dry out like your weed without one of those fucking things that keeps it all like nice hyperclimate in there. You know what I mean? Like, that's the blues is the hyperclimate. I need to smoke some weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all do Get at this the point. Hyper climate going. Yeah, <laughs> you can use a uh, one of those jars with the clamp too. It keeps your weed nice and moist. There you go. <laughs> moist <laughs> is a terrible word, Shannon. Let's not say moist. <laughs> well, <laughs> Shannon and Shane, listen. <laughs> do you guys? I love juice, man. I love juice. <laughs> What's up, Corey? <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to let? Uh, our listeners, our viewers know about uh, yes. with the Apocalypse Blues Revival Please and anything you guys are know. going on. Yes, we are We are playing. And so I've, it's been, I've thought about this and um, I will say that I'm 53 and that this is the longest I've never played my drums in front of a crowd in my yeah. entire life since I was 12, literally. And that's saying that's fucking many years. I'm not good at math. I'm good at drones. So it's 41 years. That's at least like 30. Oh, 40 years. 41 yeah, so it years. looks like it's 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 you have May 28th and 29th. Does that sound right? You have Port Charlotte and then Castleberry, Florida, right? Yes. Javon, yes. Yes. So I will be battery. there. And I'm like, what is that? The thing in between your like your asshole <laughs> or some shit? And the vinyls so, are shipping pretty but, soon. Woo! I want my fuck you vinyl. I'll send you my hundred dollars Venmo. Just let me no, know. No, it'll be on the it'll be on the website. We're doing a little bundle package that there's going to well, be three hundred. It's the Apocalypse Revival. Give away my car. My the car Apocalypse Blues Revival .com. And if you go to Apocalypse Blues Revival, Corey was nice enough to buy the domain twenty twenty you because maybe he'll hold you like ransom. I mean, we need to talk about this offline, Corey. I feel like you're being awfully kind without like consulting us. That All seems right. awfully selfless of you. I really love yeah. Corey. He's my new favorite person. That was a good call, He's, Corey. Yeah, yeah I, I was really only was. saving my own ass for giving the wrong URL, so I, <laughs> it's not, it's not <laughs> completely I just want to celebrate. <laughs> I just want to celebrate. Yes. 
at Apocalypse Blues Revival Band Revival dot com. Don't listen to Ben. He smoked too many things. He forgot everything. The link will be below. I promise you. Wherever you're listening or watching, the link you just click on it. It'll take you there. If you tell it to them wrong, they'll have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like they'll go back and they'll be like, "What was he saying?" And then they'll no. Let's just be clear and let them look at the link. But the point is, buy the vinyls. Go to the show. Right, you're Show going, the- right, Siobhan? Yeah, I'm t- I will totally go. That's yeah, You know, because awesome. with all I your can- fame and power and juice, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I will definitely share it. Hopefully, my Florida friends will come check it I out. I can't too. bring any That'd juice, but I can bring juice. Well, Do that. Do that. Say, just make sure they... We're playing. We're going to play every weekend that we can in the great state of Florida. And we already have, like, a lot of other gigs that are just not confirmed but that i've personally spoken to the places and they say yes this date so we have about i would say you know probably eight shows that i'll you know have to get confirmed well we'll make sure that by the time this actually airs if those shows exist it's airing on april 1st shannon world (laughs) they exist Um, which is today no, I mean, but but like literally, like they've materialized into a format that he can then direct. We will make sure that that hyperlink and that those dates are then displayed. Yeah, I so just that our stoner minds don't have to know. I just say I'm just I'm not talking about when or announcing it or whatever. I'm just saying that as a fucking you know musician, it's just very exciting. You know, to play again. That's all. I yeah, don't, uh, absolutely. I don't so happy for you guys. I'm with you, dude. I haven't played in forever. I was even saying that, like, I used to, the first Shane knows. Out, bro. And, and it's only a 300 seater, but we'll, we'll probably sell out our first show. That'd be cool. Bro, Hell yeah. bro listen, I, 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 want I, I haven't even DJed for people. Like, you never less played out. Like, I'm going out of my fucking mind. So I can only imagine, dude. Please bring me on stage with you sometime. I can't wait to play with you guys. Shit, That'll baby. be fun. <laughs> Dude, I'll, listen, tell tell Shannon to call me later. I'll learn whatever he needs me to learn. I just, David Abruziz, just so you know, he sent me a Kinks song and he, it was fucking hilarious because he was like, yeah, after I had finished it was like, yeah, so um, you should keep the organs exactly how they were. And then um, if you want to do a piano thing, and I just did exactly what I wanted. And then I was like, but I already recorded it and sent it to you. And then he's like, I fucking love it. And so that crazy video you saw him playing, he sent me that, and I play on it. And then it's going to be with um, the dude, um, Roja, uh, what's it? Carmine Rojas. Rojas, Rojas from David Bowie's band. Cool story. Play, like, on, like, Let's wow. Dance. He's <laughs> playing bass on it. So, like, I got to say also thanks to David because uh, we're going to be playing on that track. So I play some, uh, it's, not, it's not Hammond B3. It's more of, like, uh, Perfect Strangers. Um, like distorted organ sound with a little bit of the whirly whirls to it. Um, and I put some old school honky tonk piano on it. So, um, nice. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to play for you guys. Just let me know. And, uh, I will jump and not so even wait, talk. I gotta ask want. a question. I just gotta ask a question for my own personal thing before we go. So all three of you guys, do you guys do like the record? You enjoy it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Super all cool. Right. Perfect. And the yeah. videos, man. The videos are fucking out there. They're literally there's like, a new video coming out today. I think today. you're putting it on your shit. Yeah, oh, yeah no, it's it's happening. Link below. Right. Shannon, Shane, thank it. you guys so much for forcing us this to do an, so an extra episode this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was nice. Give to us, break giving out us of an the, excuse to the, hang out. Yeah. You know, Break the mold of our Monday, Wednesday, and, or whatever. And I Sunday, can't wait for Wednesday. everyone to come see you guys live and for you guys to sell that shit the fuck out. 
I'm going to pimp it out to all my Florida Punta friends. Corda, so I we're hope coming. we're coming for you, Punta Gorda. Punta Gorda. Punta Gorda. The apocalypse. Shout, out, survival. shout out Big Lou Phoenix. Big Lou Phoenix and Punta Gorda. We're coming to play for you, man. Right on. Two zero two zero. Two zero two zero dash D dot com. Twenty twenty. The apocalypse blues revival dot com. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate thank it. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing your time. Talk to so you guys soon. Up with you. Thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Check out the merchandise. Listen to some old episodes. It's all there. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 49, featuring Ulrich Wilde. And here he is talking about working with the legendary Wayne Static of Static X. With Wayne, I think he was very underrated. Um, as a as a guitarist and singer and, and performer overall, the, you know they had they had the, the tribute uh, concert for him after he passed, um, and it, that's when it became clear how how great Wayne actually was with like the range of his voice, how strong it was everywhere, and how accurate his guitar playing was, how just a, 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 what kind of a monster performer he was. Um, that uh, you know, nobody really can hold a candle to him playing those songs uh, the way he played them. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz, and I'm Flynn McLean. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.